Well, I think on that sobering note, we're running out of time. Charlie Anderson, Iraq Veterans Against the War. Thank you so much for your time. The Thank website you. The website, again, is thegroundtruth.net. Or IVAW.org. Or IVAW. And please, when you go to IVAW.net, hit the donate uh, button and give whatever you can because... Um, there's these these people have a voice that needs to be amplified by contributions. These people need to be have able, able to have the cash flow to support its uh, expansion and membership and and its objectives. And um, you know that they're not getting grants from the federal government. Thanks again, Charles. Thank, thank you, Charming. Yeah, thank, thank, you thank you so much. Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Good evening, this is Mike. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food, and I just want you to know that we try on this program to always be on the pulse of the nation. Spinach has vitamin A, B, and D, but spinach never appealed to me. But one day while having dinner with a guy, I decided a try I didn't like it the first time it was so new to me I didn't like it the first time I was so young you see I used to run away from the stuff but now somehow I can't get enough I didn't like it the first time oh how it grew on me I didn't like it the first time I had it on a date Although the first was the worst time Right now I think it's great Somehow it's always hitting the spot Especially when they bring it in hot I didn't like it the first time But oh how it grew on me
time I thought it was so strange I wasn't getting much younger So I just made the change No longer is the stuff on the shelf Cause now I make a pig of myself I didn't like it the first time But oh how it grew on me Cause I've gotten wise I got enough for two dozen guys I didn't like it the first time But oh how it grew on me I didn't like it the first time But oh how it grew on me You know she was worried about that spinach But she just took the plunge and it changed her life That's Julia Lee and the spinach song I didn't like it the first time We've checked it, and there are no double entendres whatsoever in that song. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're concerned about your spinach. And the thing about that is that in spite of efforts to eliminate all spinach in our lifetimes, I did actually have a spinach pie in Ann Arbor today, and it tasted good. Everything looks kind of green now. My vision is kind of different. I think I'm going to be fine. If I make it through this next half hour, I'll let you know. But in the meantime, I want you to know, this being a show about food, I and traveling and living and culture and all that kind of stuff. Recently went to see my parents in Omaha, Nebraska. Found out that two hours south was St. Joseph, Missouri. Are you with me? Okay, spinach, Omaha, St. Joseph, Missouri. In St. Joseph, Missouri, there are a couple of attractions. The home where Jesse James last lived and was shot. It says outside, see the bullet hole. Now that's America. And so I went and I saw the bullet hole. It had been gouged out by visiting people who wanted a souvenir. So it's actually more of a, it looks like termites had attacked it. But in fact, it was the hole, allegedly the bullet hole, where Jesse James was shot. The thing about it being that they had exhumed his body in the mid-90s to make sure that he hadn't actually disappeared. There was a legend, a urban legend, urban myth, if you will, that Jesse James actually got away and faked his own death. Well, they checked the body, and it was actually Jesse James. It was the correct DNA. And the bullet hole, now the person who exhumed him has written a book on it and said that actually the bullet went in, but it didn't go out. So that would not explain the hole in the wall. But other people say, oh yes, it did. And you can see a discoloration above his eye, and you, that's how you know it got out of his skull. Or actually got out of his body without making an impact on his skull. Anyway, speaking of uh, not-so-gruesome stuff, moving away from that for a second, also in St. Joseph, Missouri, was where the Stetson hat was originally made. It was also the original spot of the Pony Express. That's where the original Pony Express headquarters was. It lasted a very short time, the Pony Express, even though it's been in movies for many, 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 many years. It actually didn't last so long. And also there, I, I happened to drive by what looked like a castle, and this castle turned out to be, what else, a Mexican restaurant, of course. So this place was called Barbosa's Castillo, and it described itself as, here we go, uh, the ex this is in the menu, it says here. The exterior of the house reflects the Romanesque Gothic motif and ornamentation. The variety of brick texture, textures and coloring created a wavering surface of light and shadow. It makes combined use of egg and dart moldings, tourelles, slate roof, and copper guttering. 
And this was a castle built in 1891 for a fellow who hobnobbed with Henry Ford and Thomas Edison and a bunch of other people. It's a picture of him in the hallway and from the early 20s, hobnobbing with them on a, some exotic Florida island. But this Barbosa's Castillo has had that name since 1974 when it became a Mexican restaurant. And I went there, and I liked a lot of the stuff they had, but I, I guess some of it I liked, some of it was kind of hit and miss, I thought, when I first tried it. Well, I went to another club, a club in town, where I talked to somebody about it, and she was mighty offended when I said it was hit and miss. She said, let me tell you something about Barbosa's Castillo. They don't use the glop that they put on other Mexican food. And she used the word glop a couple of times. She also used another word that I can't repeat. So she wasn't directly yelling at me, but you could tell her dander was up, and I had offended her local pride about Barbosa's Castillo in St. Joseph, Missouri. And I thought to myself, the mole sauce that they had on this dish, which had great chicken, was, I said to myself, this is the least mole of any mole sauce I've ever had in my life. But here's the thing. You think mole sauce is one thing. I thought mole sauce was one thing. In fact, somebody told me there were different kinds of mole sauce, and I conveniently forgot, and then there I was eating this mole sauce, and it was very different. Recently, I had mole sauce in Ypsilanti. That was a dark color using unsweetened chocolate and other flavors. Delicious. This mole sauce in St. Joseph, Missouri, was red, tomatoey, almost creamy, and the noodles in it were almost like Chef Boyardee noodles, and that just somehow didn't sit with me right. But nonetheless... There's a difference between different kinds of Mexican cooking. So I went and looked up mole on Wikipedia, which is pretty much the truth. Um, mole is the generic name for several sauces used in Mexican cuisine, as well as for dishes based on these sauces. In English, it often refers to a specific sauce, which is known in Spanish by the more specific name mole poblano. Now, this is one that one of those moments when you realize you've been staring at something for a long time, and then you realize what it all means. It's also widely known in the combined form guacamole. See, all these years I didn't put guaca and mole together. Guacamole is a kind of mole sauce. In contemporary Mexico, the term is used for a number of sauces, some quite dissimilar to each other. Huh? See, I was wrong. The most popular kinds come from the Mexican states of Puebla and Oaxaca, and there is an annual national mole fair in the town of San Pedro Atocla, sorry, Atocpan in the Milpa Alta borough of Mexico's federal district on the southern outskirts of Mexico City. Mole poblano, whose name comes from the Mexican state of Puebla, is a popular sauce in Mexican cuisine. Mole poblano is prepared with dried chili peppers, commonly ancho, mulatto, and chipotle, and spices, and unsweetened chocolate, and a variety of other ingredients. It says here one thing, various stories exist about its invention, but none are generally accepted. And then it goes on to give an example of uh, one of those stories. According to one story, no, this is actually another source, sorry. According to one story... Sor Andrea, the superior of the Santa Rosa convent in Puebla, created mole sauce to honor a visiting archbishop, purposely using the ingredients of both the New World and the Old World. Some say she did not invent the dish, but merely adapted a traditional Indian recipe and recorded it for posterity. Though there are those who prefer to believe that mole poblano was a fortuitous accident that occurred while a banquet for the viceroy was being prepared. Fray Pascual, who was in charge, became annoyed at the disarray in the kitchen and ordered that all the ingredients lying around be gathered onto a single tray. A gust of wind is supposed to have swept them into the pot where the turkeys were stewing, and the first mole poblano was ready to serve. It's just like that. That's exactly how it happened. And I guess I didn't know my sauce from a mole in the ground or something like that. And the story of mole. And uh, here's a, a recipe for mole. Tete in Oaxaca, you drink coffee with mezcal. Tete in Oaxaca, you drink coffee with mezcal. Herb and smoke are planted to take away 
Hungry. That's Lila Downs, and that is La Cumbia de Mole from her album La Cantina. If you're out there, Dad, in Omaha, thanks for sending that CD to me. This is Pandora's Lungs Box, a show about food. And continuing on, I'm talking about my trip to St. Joseph, Missouri, which is south of Omaha, two hours, and about mole in St. Joseph, and about something else I saw in St. Joseph. Also, the Missouri River is quite lovely there. There's a nice view of the wide Missouri, as the old song goes, the Shenandoah tune there. But also, I was attracted by the Glore Psychiatric Museum. 
Yes. There is the Glore Psychiatric Museum in St. Joseph, Missouri. You can look it up at roadsideamerica.com. And I had to go. So it, this museum once inhabited a ward of St. Joseph State Hospital called the State Lunatic Asylum Number no. 2 until 1899, a fortress-like med- mental health complex. Modern medication has returned nearly all the patients to society, making way for the state to turn the facility into a prison. And actually now the museum has moved across from where the prison is. There are a lot of strange things in the Glore Psychiatric Museum, which makes you realize how far we've come and makes me think that some people are merely mentally ill, but some of the people who treat them might actually be, in fact, crazy. There was the Bath of Surprise there, which is a gallows-like platform that dumped a patient into icy water. There was also a giant patient treadmill, described here as kind of like a mega gerbil wheel, mega hemida, mega gerbil wheel monstrosity, where residents could walk off their excess energy. That's a closed wheel you think might be used to do some, make some kind of beer-oriented barrel or something or other, but it was a German invention where patients could walk off their frustrations. Actually, it was closed, so you couldn't actually see them. It wasn't like a metal thing. It was a uh, kind of a giant patient treadmill, and that was used for that. There was also the tranquilizer chair, and apparently patients could spend up to six months in the tranquilizer chair. There was also something very strange here. There is an arrangement of 1,446 items all swallowed by the same patient and removed from her intestines and stomach. I'm sorry, but I have to tell you because this is strange and this is real. They had a display of that at the Glore Psychiatric Museum. And... It does make you think. It really, really does, in fact, make you think. And that was one of the things that I saw at St. Joseph. That also, re- I, I spoke to a friend about that, and they, they came up with something that, that they, th- they thought of. I bumped into my friend uh, Kyle Norris, who is a local musician, singer, songwriter, guitarist, and columnist in The Current. And uh, Kyle, you had something to say? Oh, Kyle? No, here we go. Kyle, you must be over here. Okay, Mike, so here's the story. I was recently up in Traverse City, and as you may or may not know, they have the old state mental hospital is up in Traverse City. And um, it's been closed for a while. You know, they kind of like kicked everybody out um, onto the streets, like, I don't know, in the 60s or 70s or something. But this used to be like the place. This is like a fortress, and it's sort of nestled on this hill, and it's this sprawling sort of almost estate, these buildings that look like old haunted mansions that sort of like peek out from the top of the woods and you can see them when you're driving through town on the hill and um definitely creepy vibe definitely intense and you could actually you could drive up and check it out and drive through and whenever i would do that with my friends when i was a kid be like whoa you know you can feel the vibe just intense kind of creepy stuff so anyways um apparently like in the past couple of years, they were going to like tear this place down, just level it, you know, build new condos, who knows. So at the last minute, a buyer stepped in and was like, you know what, I will buy the whole estate, all these old buildings, because they were like dormitories and then facilities and this and that. And so this this buyer, I think a private person, stepped in, bought all of it. And now what they've done is they've... Um, Regutted the buildings are totally updating them um, and it's all according to like the historic standards so just like these beautiful beautiful buildings are like you know coming back to life and then inside them like there's now fancy restaurants there's little shops there's art galleries there's actually in one of the buildings you can you know buy your cool studio apartment or live in them and they're like 
it's kind of snowballing. It's kind of like hot. And the, like the restaurant I ate at, I don't know what it was, but it was super cute and funky. And there I was sort of standing at the bar in the old, I think it was in the old men's dormitory, you know, and I, you know, with my friend Holly and we were like, uh, I wonder what was happening here like 100 years ago or 50 years ago. Like what bad stuff was going on where we're standing like drinking our little like drinky drinks. So, um, but anyways, it's, I have to say it was kind of creepy and kind of cool. And I definitely had never had a drink in an old mental hospital. That's a first. Oh, one of the other cool funky things was that in the restaurant, which is on the basement level, there's sort of a section of the restaurant that's down a long, skinny corridor. And the bartender was telling us that, that down in the corridor was where they would do, like, I don't know, some kind of procedures. like, And you could sort of walk down this corridor, and there are little nooks off of it. And now in each nook is like a, ho- is a, um, is a table where you can, you know, have your private meal. But, like, creepy, 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 creepy stuff. Creepy stuff. Thank you, Kyle. Look that up, and actually the the restaurant in Traverse City in the former uh, state ho- state mental hospital is the Trattoria Stella in Traverse City. Looking on their menu, they have one-half Maine lobster, Pacific halibut, Spiadini, San Pietro. If I get that wrong, my dad will, will forgive me, I hope, being an, an Italian speaker himself, a native Italian speaker. Pork loin, I can say that, and filet mignon, these are all the... Uh, at the Trattoria Stella, which is in the Grand Traverse Com- Commons, the Grand Traverse Commons, which has been made from the old state uh, psychiatric hospital. And the restaurant is in Building 50. So that's where Kyle resided in, Building 50. Moving right along, though, Pandora's Lunchbox, there's a lot happening, a lot happening in the world. And as I said, we try to be on the pulse of everything. So what we want to do right now is, first of all, let you know about a few pieces of information, especially to do with food. Going to Liverpool, the suburban Liverpool basement where the Beatles played some of their earliest gigs now has protected status in Britain. The Casbah Coffee Club was created in the home of original Beatles Beatles drummer, hello, Beatles drummer Pete Best by his mother, who had read about the beat clubs popular with teenagers in London. John Lennon, Paul McCartney, and George Harrison, then known as the Quarrymen, played at the club's opening in April 1959 as a last-minute replacement for another group. Pete Best joined the band later. The band played the Casbah many times until it was closed in 1962. The building features murals and paintings by members of the band and by Lennon's first wife, Cynthia, as well as 1960s musical equipment. The building has been deemed of special architectural or historic interest and cannot be demolished. That's the Casbah Coffee Club in Liverpool, England. It's coffee, it's food, and it's Beatles, and it's been preserved, because food should always be preserved when possible, especially after a wedding, if it's a piece of wedding cake. Now, one, a few more pieces of information about what's going on in Washtenaw County before the, the climax here, which will then lead us to face the music with Arwolf. Arwolf will be bringing us the music so we can face it at 7 o'clock very soon. First of all, there's a tractor pull in Washtenaw County. Yes, there is. The Michigan Tractor Pullers Association will be at the Washtenaw Farm Council grounds on Sunday. There will be tractor pulling events from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. with farm stock, antique pickup, and possibly diesel classes. There are tractor pulls just outside of Ann Arbor. Thank God we have that. That is actually true. Also, uh, guests I had last week talking about the Agrarian Adventure. I wanted to remind you about that. The Agrarian Adventure at Tappan Middle School, where they've created a beautiful garden next to their soccer field. And they're going to have a benefit at Tappan Middle School. It's going to be... It's going to be on Tuesday, September 26th, and you can find out about 
this at 734-395-8418, 734-395-8418. A great big dinner made from food from the Tappan Middle School Agrarian Adventure Garden. And you can also find out about it by emailing them at info at agrarianadventure.org, info at agrarianadventure.org. That's coming up this Tuesday, and they'll be pricing it on a sliding scale. You can find out all about that there. Well, now it's time, I think, to do something important and, and political and psychological. I don't know what I'm saying. I think psychological, spinach, I don't think we did squash. Nonetheless, is this it? Is this the button? Yes, I believe we now have information come to us directly from Hugo Chavez, the president of Venezuela, actually from his translator. This, you know, this speech by Hugo Chavez to the UN the other day, especially the translation, is, is a wonder to behold, and I think it has something for everybody. I just can't get enough of it. And we need to take a moment right now to think, to listen to the words of Hugo Chavez, not exactly from Hugo Chavez, but Hugo Chavez as translated. The greatest threat looming over our planet, the hegemonistic pretentious of the American empire, are placing at risk the very survival of the human species. We continue to warn you about this danger, and we appeal to the people of the United States and the world to halt this threat which is like a sword hanging over our heads. I think that the first people who should read this book are our brothers and sisters in the United States because their threat is in their own house. The devil is right at home. The devil, the devil himself is right in the house. And the devil came here yesterday. Yesterday, the devil came here. Right here. Right here. And it smells of sulfur still today. This table that I am now standing in front of. Yesterday, ladies and gentlemen, from this rostrum, the President of the United States, the gentleman to whom I refer as at the devil, came here talking as if he owned the world, truly as the owner of the world. I think we could call a psychiatrist to analyze yesterday's statement made by the President of the United States. As the spokesman of imperialism, he came to share his nostrums. To try to preserve the current pattern of domination, exploitation, and pillage of the peoples of the world. An Alfred Hitchcock movie could use it as a scenario. I would even propose a title, The Devil's Recipe. As Chomsky says, here clearly and in depth the American Empire is doing all it can to consolidate its hegemonistic system of domination and we cannot allow them to do that we cannot allow world dictatorship to be consolidated 
the world tyrant's statement, cynical, hypocritical, full of this imperial hypocrisy from the need they have to control everything. They say they want to impose a democratic model, but that's their democratic model. It's the false democracy of elites. And I would say a very original democracy that's imposed by weapons and bombs and firing weapons. What a strange democracy. Aristoteles might not recognize No, he might not. But that's the words of Hugo Chavez as translated as he spoke to the UN. And notice the reference to the devil's recipe. We're going to look that up and make sure to feature that next week so you can all make whatever it is that Hugo Chavez was talking about. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and we're winding down right now. And one thing I'd like to say to you is thank you for listening. Thank you for letting me be me. I've been Mike for about a half an hour now. And one thing that you should know about spinach is that there are alternatives if you're looking for something else. There is arugula. There is kale. And as my mother, my mother's mother, actually, my grandmother, Betty English, sang in 1986, there are turnip greens, as a matter of fact. Turnip greens, turnip greens, good old turnip greens, cornbread, buttermilk, and good old turnip greens. But don't take my word for it. Let her tell you herself. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Wow, what's the song that we all used to sing together? What did we all used to sing? Turnip greens. I don't know, because... Oh, turnip greens. Turnip greens. You remember that? Turnips and heather. Turnips and heather. Turnips and heather. Turnips and heather. Turnip Greens, wow, an entire song about turnip greens. Leave it to Mike Perini. It's 7 o'clock. This is Radio Free Ann Arbor, WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Student-run experimental radio at the University of Michigan, operating in serious collaboration with all kinds of people from the community, poets, intellectuals, workers, anarchists. We're all here raising a forest of question marks up in front of you. That's what radio is really all about. This is the real world of broadcasting. For this reason, I want to thank Mike Perini so much for playing the uh, the translated words of Hugo Chavez. And I want to thank Mr. Chavez for inspiring uh, not only tonight's Face the Music, but uh, I think this theme will probably carry on for at least another week. And that is the whole idea of uh, diabolical behavior and uh, the whole question of of devils. Uh, don't want to get too specific right now. I would like to begin with Noah Lewis. He's from Memphis, Tennessee. This is called Devil in the Woodpile. It's time to face the music. <laughs> 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 
People, did y'all know the devil in the wood pile out here this morning? Was Jim down there hollering? 